when Matt asked me to speak on Mother's Day a few weeks ago, I was really excited because I say I love Mother's Day. And Matt said, you know what would be really cool? Matt's not here today, right? Right on. Um, Matt said, well, great. You know what would be a good idea if you speak on 1 Timothy 2, verses 11 through 15? If you're not familiar with that passage, it starts out, women should learn quietly and submissively. <laughs> so I said, no, I don't think so. Mrs. Thompson didn't raise any dummy. And so um, I'm going to leave that to Matt. He can do that on Father's Day maybe if he wants. <laughs> Instead, uh, we're going to do Proverbs 31. Yay! We've got some Proverbs 31 fans. Um, many of you will be familiar with it. The interesting thing about it is it was not written to women. Originally, it was not written to women. It was written by a mother to a son. And actually, the, the son is recounting this advice that the mother gives. And we believe, it says King Lemuel, but we believe that's another name for Solomon. So we think that this was Bathsheba giving advice to Solomon as he was a young man. And Solomon is, is recounting this. And she could have told him, a lot of things. She could have told him, clean your room and don't run with scissors and make sure you make your bed and all that kind of stuff. But that didn't make the cut. What made the cut is this, this list of characters for a godly woman, and that was her burden for him. So Proverbs is one of the wisdom books, and um, a lot of Proverbs is practical advice intellectually, but also much of it is relational. And if you looked overall at Proverbs relationally, you would first, in order, first learn that we are to fear God, and then we are to heed our parents, and then we're to choose a godly spouse. So that's what we're hitting on today. The beginning of Proverbs actually contrasts the woman of wisdom versus the woman of folly, and it's interesting that, that that's at the beginning, and then at the, almost at the very end of Proverbs, it, it kind of lists characteristics of the woman of wisdom also translated as the woman of valor, which I really love. So in the first few verses, we're just going to touch on lightly, the first few verses of Proverbs 31. First, she tells him to be careful who he dates or marries, not to uh, marry the first pretty face that, that gives him the time of day. He needs to be careful about alcoholic beverages because they will cloud his judgment. And he needs to stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves, particularly as king. Now, Another book of wisdom is Song of Solomon, and if you've studied that at all, that focuses on um, a woman's outer beauty, dwells quite considerably on, uh, on her appearance and uh, all kinds of things. Teenagers, if you haven't read that yet, it is a treat, okay? There's a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> but Proverbs is all business. So some of you are thinking, well, I've already, I'm already married, or... I'm not going to get married or, or whatever. So why is this, why would this be appropriate for you? Well, I'll try to cover everybody in the room. If you have not yet married, if you're a guy and not yet married, pay close attention to this list, okay? If you're a woman who is not yet married, pay close attention to this list because it's an encouragement of uh, standard characteristics of your character. If you're a grandparent or a mother or father of such people that have not married, I would pay attention because you need to be able to coach them and encourage them help give them discernment on this, or if you're anybody in the room that hangs out with somebody who's not going to marry uh, or hasn't married yet, I would ask that you would pay attention as well. So I think that probably covers everybody in this room. If not, you can draw on the card. <laughs> um, 
What I don't want this to be is discouraging. I want this to be an encouragement and an inspiration, okay? And perhaps an appreciation for the men in the room, okay? And um, this isn't a very long passage, and I looked at it in several different translations. So we're going to go through it once just to kind of give us an overview here of, a, of an easy translation, and then we'll kind of delve in a little bit differently. So I'm reading again, Woman of Valor from Proverbs 31. Who can find a noble wife? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband trusts her completely. She gives him all the important things he needs. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She chooses wool and flax, and she loves to work with her hands. She is like the ships of traders, and she brings food from far away. She gets up while it is still dark, and she provides food for the family. She also gives some to her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. She uses some of the money and earns it to plant a vineyard. She gets ready to work hard, and her arms are strong. She sees that her trading earns a lot of money. Her lamp doesn't go out at night. With one hand, she holds wool. With the other, she spins thread. She opens her arms to those who are poor. She reaches out her hands to those who are needy. When it snows, she's not afraid for her family. All of them are dressed in the finest clothes. She makes her own bed coverings. She is dressed in fine linen and purple clothes. Her husband is respected at the city gate. There he takes a seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen clothes and sells them. She supplies belts to the traders. She puts on strength and honor as if they were her clothes. She can laugh at the days that are coming. She speaks wisely. She teaches faithfully. She watches over family matters. She is busy all the time. Her children stand up and call her blessed. Her husband also rises up, and he praises her. He says, many women do noble things, but you are better than all the others. Charm can fool you, and beauty fades. But a woman who has the respect for the Lord should be praised. Give her the reward she has earned. Let, everyone she has, let everything she has done bring praise to her at the city gate. So that's pretty clear, but um, some of those things may not relate to us today. I don't know how many people have held wool and flax this week in their hands. Um, and it may not speak to teenagers, so I took the liberty of um, doing a little bit of paraphrase that may speak better to our young people. You're going to have to bear with me here. I'm not well-versed in teen text, but I tried to do my best. So see if we can follow along here. It's tough to find a good woman and worth more than tons of bling. Her dude totally trusts her and he never regrets it. She's never mean and 100% cool 24-7. She's a power shopper and she's into making stuff. It's like she goes to some far-off resort and brings back amazing surprises. She totally loves the fam, keeping them all in line. She scans all the ads and clips all the coupons. She jumps out of bed at O-Dark 30 and is ready to go before anybody else. She always puts the family first and will never say die. She is Martha Stewart. <laughs> and is always looking for those without so she can help. She makes sure her people don't go outside without a jacket and makes sure nothing goes to waste. Everyone totally thinks her dude is the luckiest guy in the world because everybody gives her props. <laughs> she makes stuff to wear and puts them on Craigslist. She always looks hot in the clothes she makes and is always positive. She's quick with a sweet thing to say. Her kid's 100% digger, and her hubby won't shut up about her. There are tons of cool women, but she rocks totally. Being hot is okay, but it won't last. A honey that puts God first is 100% legit. Make sure everyone knows how cool she is, fool. <laughs> All right, so that may, 
that may speak. So uh, let's pray. After that, we need to pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you how you created us as men and women. I thank you that you laid different tasks and different strengths upon us. And then, Lord, I pray that you be with us as we uh, go over this uh, passage that can be familiar to many of us, that you'll help us discern truths that are timeless, that it would be an encouragement to women and a sense of appreciation to men. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, women today may not do the exact same thing. I don't know if any of you have planted a vineyard in the last couple of weeks, so some of this won't speak directly to you, but the principles do. The principles are timeless, and God put this in there, I believe, to help us um, aspire to what he has laid out for us. Again, I want this to be an encouragement to you and an inspiration to you, and again, I want this to speak to men in an appreciation. I don't want anybody, anybody to be discouraged, and men, before we get too deep in this and you start taking notes, okay, um, I'm going to start out, I'm going to have some husband passages just to keep us all on the same page. So, as you go over this list, men, remember that in Ephesians 25, 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives. Love them just as Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her. So, before you get too critical about uh, Proverbs 31 with your wives, we have a pretty, pretty tough standard to adhere to. So, I'd like us to keep that in our mind. Both of those standards, the one that we're, we're going over in Proverbs 31 and the one for men, seem pretty tough, Right? We're to be like Christ, or we're to, we're to match this list in Proverbs. It's pretty tough. So how do we do that? Well, God gives us, as we ask him, those of us that have chosen to follow him, God gives us supernatural strength and supernatural grace to be transformed, to be more like him, to reach the goals that he set before us. So I believe that this still lasts. This, this, this list of characters lasts to the present day. So one of the interesting things about this we know that Bathsheba considered this a very, very important list. And one of the ways that we know is it's an acrostic. So she took every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, 22 letters, and started each verse with one of those letters in order. Imagine how hard that would be if we just did that with our alphabet. So why would she do that? Well, she thought it was important. Maybe she made it as a tool for her uh, scatterbrained teenager to remember. We don't know. Um, maybe it's also a sign of completeness, the fact that she used the entire alphabet. So um, we're going to be talking about that a little bit. Uh, I have to make a confession. I am not a Hebrew scholar. I've never been accused of being a Hebrew scholar. To say that I'm not a Hebrew scholar is kind of like saying that my dog isn't good at calculus. So um, please forgive me if you are a Hebrew scholar, and um, we can talk about that later. You can correct my pronunciation. But we're going to start in here. In, in some uh, translations, this is called a hymn to a good wife, also known as a woman of valor. So verse 10 a good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. This symbol up there is pronounced aleph, and it's a picture of two oxen yoked together. And I don't know if you squint at that. Some of these won't make any, any sense to me, but I just take their word for it. It's, uh, it's used because it's showing that uh, oxen were, uh, particularly two oxen, were a sign of great wealth. And so a wife is extremely valuable to her husband. It's the most important relationship to a husband other than God. And it affects every success in his life. If you think about that, that's very, very true. Um, so remember, we don't want to marry the first beauty that comes our way. And it's actually linking a woman to wisdom personified. Really cool list. Verse 11, 
this little thing up there. That uh, is a picture of a house. Again, trust me on that, it's pronounced bet. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. This is not talking about uh, marital fidelity, that would go without saying, um, but it's talking about total security that the husband would have. The husband knows that he can share his entire life, all his heart, all his confidences with his wife. And because of that, he was less likely to be tempted by other women because he's so invested with his wife. Twelve, never spiteful. She treats him generously all life long. Jimel depicts the head of a camel. And in ancient times, a camel was the most dependable of all animals. It was known for a rider being securely mounted on it even when it ran. If you notice when a camel runs, its head holds level. And this is an illustration that... Uh, the good wife is dependable and consistent. Number 13, she shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. That symbol is dalith, and it depicts an open door, which symbolizes making decisions. Just as when, Christ, when we know that Christ loves us unconditionally, we have freedom to do what he's charged us with. So it is when a husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church, it gives her the confidence to be confident in all of her tasks, all of her duties, all of her responsibilities. Additionally, the last part of the verse is literally translated, her hands delight in her work. And I think it's wise that we reflect on that, both as men and women, that whatever task we work at, we're to do it as for God. Whether we are a CEO of a corporation or we muck out the barn, we need to do all those jobs like we're doing it for God. Number 14, she's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. Heh is that symbol, and it represents a picture window, which tells us of perspective. The well-being of her family is not bound by distance or inconvenience, amount of trouble, and she actually seeks to inspire her family. I hope that you're seeing your wives and your mothers in these descriptions. I do, with mine. Fifteen, she's... She's up before dawn preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day, and she also gives some to her female servants. Vav is the picture of a hook or a peg, and that's the one that speaks to me, that one I can see. Um, and it tells us that she takes her, the, her, the well-being of her family seriously, and all the family kind of hangs upon her efforts within the family. Also, it tells us that many of the jobs that a woman and a mother performs are going to go unnoticed, unrecognized, and unappreciated. Amen, ladies? <laughs> I see that all the time with my wife. 16. She looks over a field and buys it. Then, with money she's put aside, she plants a garden. Zion is the shape of a sword, and it represents the woman's tenacity and enthusiasm for her family's well-being. She's a good steward, and she plans ahead for unexpected challenges that the family might, might run into. I think it's time for a husband break. Um, I don't have this in the slides, I'm sorry, so wives, you can write this down if you want to share with your husband later. 1 Peter 3.7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you to the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, we are to treat our wives with respect and honor even though uh, they may be the weaker partner because it, not doing so will hinder our prayers. Not doing so has a consequence that we will be 
our, our relationship to God will be impeded. There's great motivation there. Verse 17, first thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. Heth represents a wall or an enclosure, and it tells us that she's motivated and driven to care to protect her family. And she works hard to protect them from want. 18, she senses the worth of her work and is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. Teth represents a basket, which tells us about the purpose of her work, and the verse tells us that she's in it for the long haul. 19, she's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth, diligent in homemaking. Yod is the smallest mark in a Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet, and it represents a closed fist. And it reminds us that she is strong, and the women of valor longs for her family to be proud of her work. Number 20, she's quick to assist anyone in need and reaches out to help the poor. Kaf is a picture of an outstretched, outstretched hand, and it would be offering help to others, to those less fortunate than she is. 21, she doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. Lamed is the image of a shepherd's staff, and like any good shepherd, she puts priority on her family's well-being, and she's, again, ready for any calamity that might strike the family. This was interesting to me when I reflected on it because several passages, there's more to come, talk about a woman's um, planning for the future, preparing for um, unknown events, and it tells me, it reminds me, uh, myself and some friends of mine have started businesses over the years, and you know, men, we have a tendency to thrive on challenges and potential, and man, this could really, might be really good. It's always a tough sell when we bring it back to our wives, because I believe that in general, God creates women to be um, less adventuristic that way, because they want to be protective of the family. So how wonderful that God balances marriages like that, where typically the men are adventurous, you could say irresponsible sometime, not me, but uh, some of you people. Um, the women typically are uh, more invested in being protective and having um, security. Um, number 22, she makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful silks and linens. Mem is the picture of waves of water, which the Israelites saw water as strong and unknown. So we think this might be talking about the mysteries of a woman. Um, Guys, women are mysterious, right? They're, they're tough to figure out. It's, it's awesome to try to figure them out, but I haven't done it. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, but it's talking about women paying special attention to their appearance, specifically for the benefit of their husbands. And if you read in it further, colorful linens and silks is mom speak for lingerie. Okay? So um, she... she Again, she pays special attention to her appearance for her husband's personal benefit. 23, your husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. Nun is the symbol for a fish, and in ancient times that symbolized concentration. A husband has difficulty in concentrating in any aspect of his life if things don't go well at home. Um, those of us married in the room know that if, if there is not peace and tranquility at home, it is tough to be effective in the community and in the workplace or in school, wherever we as men have duties. A godly woman's wisdom is actually reflected under her husband. 
All right, it's a husband break again. Colossians 3.19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Colossians 3.19. That's an easy one to remember. 24. She designs gowns and sells them. She brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Shamek stands for a fulcrum or a support, and it symbolizes the ability for her to maintain financial balance in the family. 25 says, her clothes are well-made and elegant, and she's always facing tomorrow with a smile. A yin is the picture of an eye, and it symbolizes to the Hebrews' understanding. She's an encouragement to others by her demeanor, and again, the way she prepares for an unknown future. We keep seeing that repeated, that the wife is not frivolous, the wife is preparing, the wife is maintaining balance to her husband's relationship. Number 26, she speaks kindly. She has something worthwhile to say, and she always says that kindly. I'm sorry. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she says it kindly. Feh depicts a mouth and shows her speech to be a blessing to her husband in social situations and to her family, and it confirms that her heart is compassionate. Now, I know what you husbands are thinking. Man, I wish I had a list on how I could better love my wife, right? No? Um, well, anyway, you can think about that. This week, I'll be putting up a list that I came across. We're doing some, um, we're investigating some counseling training with our church, and one of the uh, institutions that we've been investigating actually gave us a list of a hundred things, physical demonstrations that a husband can use to demonstrate his love for his wife. And uh, out of the hundred, you're probably not going to like every one of them, but I bet you out of a hundred, you might like five or twenty, or something like that. Um, you get to pick which one will fit your relationship, and it's going to be posted this week on our website. Uh, by Tuesday, we'll have that up. A hundred things, physical demonstrations of your love to your wife. Uh, MyRedemptionChurch.org, I would encourage you to download that, men. Women, you can't have it. Just for the men. Unless you're giving it to your sons who, who are getting married. Um, 28. No, I'm sorry, 27. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Tashte represents a fishing hook or a trap which translated literally means that she's spiritually alert to what's going on in the home. She seeks to motivate her family and dreams about their future. How true is that? I, I get to see time with mothers that they're dreaming about the future for their children. 28. Her children respect her and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Cough means the back of the head. And maybe. And... Um, the literal translation, or translation in uh, the ESV, which this isn't the ESV, but I like this one. It says, children will rise up, which is symbolizing in the future, will grow up and call her blessed, her husband also. So that's implying that much of the appreciation that will uh, occur for a mother will happen later in life. I don't know, mothers, that might be an encouragement to you. If you're a mother of a 13-year-old boy, um, hang in there. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully that's going to happen in a little, little while. You know how kids, when, when you're about, when the kid turns 16, the parents get really stupid, and then when they get 25, they get smart again? That's kind of how it is with kids for moms. They will, uh, your, your, your accolades are deferred, okay? Maybe, hopefully not, but they're coming, I promise. They haven't come already. 29, many women have done wonderful things, but you have outclassed them all. Rash is a symbolizing, a symbol showing the front of the head. And this is telling us that her husband's praise is brought directly to her as he recognizes her sacrifice. 
Number 30, charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. Sin is uh, representational of a divine power, and it's actually the first letter in both of the Hebrew words for God. And we believe that it's telling us that as men, we have to fight against our nature to only look on the surface of, of women. Okay? Um, this comes very, very naturally to men. We have to fight against that. And we remember that when David was chosen as king by God, that everybody kind of protested and said, well, why'd you pick him? He's small, and he's, he's the youngest, and he doesn't look very king-like. And God said, yeah, that's because you look on the outside, and I look on the inside. And that's how we as men need to fight against just going for uh, outer beauty. And you notice that Bathsheba spends almost no time on telling him, hey, son, be sure and get yourself a hot-looking woman, right? She doesn't touch on that at all. Why? Because she knows how men are. Men don't have to be coached in being superficial, right? <laughs> um, so she's dealing with what's inside. But guys, youths that aren't married, imagine going through life with a woman who's only beautiful on the outside. Oy. That is a long canoe ride. So make sure <laughs> that, that you look inside primarily. You'll be naturally attracted to, to the outside. That's okay. 30. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Tav is the last letter, and it actually symbolizes a signature. So she's put it at the end saying, this is the end of of my advice to you. This is a close for this. And it's the absolute truth. This, this list is the absolute truth. The meaning of wisdom is the fear of God. In fact, the, wisdom of, the woman of wisdom can be defined as the mediator of God's blessing to the house. It is through her work and her fear of God that peace prevails. Awesome. So, women. We have this standard of characteristics that we're supposed to possess, Right? Men, we're supposed to be like Jesus. That's all we have to do is just be like Jesus. Everything else will fall into place. All right, how, how is that even possible, right? We are flawed vessels. How is that possible? How do we meet, how do we even attempt those standards? We need to remember 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, and it says, you are still following the ways of the world. Some of you are jealous. Some of you argue. So aren't you following the ways of the world? Aren't you acting like ordinary human beings? He's talking to, to those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus. Aren't we acting like ordinary human beings? We aren't ordinary human beings. We're adopted children of the King. We are children of the Most High. We are equipped to meet the standards that God puts before us as we depend on Him. All of our relationships need to reflect the wisdom and the blessing and the honor and the glory of the one we follow. That's our prayer for today. And there is no greater witness of God's unconditional and awesome love than a husband and wife who are united in Christ. That is more powerful than all the tracts in the world and all the knocking on doors and and all that. If we can demonstrate, if we can witness through our relationships, that is crazy, crazy powerful to our community. There's one little last part of this passage. And guys, I'm going to need your help on this one. 
It says, give her everything she deserves and festoon her life with praises. So gentlemen, I would like you to stand up. That's the guys. You don't have, I didn't mean anything by gentlemen. I wasn't making any decision. <laughs> and as the band comes forward, we're going to have you guys, if you were uh, raised by a godly woman, if you are married to a godly woman, if you have appreciation for the godly women in your life, I would like to give them an ovation. Ladies, if you had joined us in standing, our uh, youth bands are going to lead us in worship right after this video. I love my mom because she's really cool. She makes scramble eggs really well. Uh, she homeschools me. She was there all the time. No matter what I do, she would always be there for me. She's very caring and makes good breakfast. But she, but she rocks and and um, she's kind to us. Bedtime. Oh, brush teeth time. Brush teeth time. The fact that she was loving and caring when I was in need. And she was gracious, she was kind, she was loving, and she taught me a lot of things about dealing with teenagers. I can appreciate more she told me all, after all these years. I'm feeling the same thing she felt. She takes me to school. She gives without thinking. She just gives all the time. Good listener. Her sense of humor. Oh my word, that woman just cracks me up all the time. Help me figure out problems and... Her. That she cares for me. She does stuff for us and she's nice to us. She takes care of my sister's baby and she is always there baking cookies for me when I have Bible study. I like her and she's very sweet and she always helps me when I'm hurt. Well, aside from the fact that she's an incredibly godly woman, I love the fact that she was always my best friend. When I was uh, six years old in Argentina in 1964, she took me to get my first Beatles record. She loves God. She taught me to love him, so pretty much changed that part of my life. My mom was always there to give me advice when I'm in tough situations. Well, she helps me every day. She's probably the coolest person I know. Because she buys me stuff. She always buys me what I want. Do you like your mommy? Yeah. <laughs> um, eat food. Buy stuff for me when I want it. She's an amazing cook. That she's always there to help me with things. She's always there for me and I can count on her praying. She's very nice and sweet. She's really sweet whenever you need her to be, and she makes really awesome food. She's nice. I like spending time with her. She's my mommy, and she's really nice to me. I like my mom best because she makes me cookies. Because she snuggles in bed with me. Mom likes that she leaves me every day. 